Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker, special guest Alex. And we watch John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Uh, Parker, thank you very much for assigning this. This movie kicks ass. I've been holding on to that take ever since I watched it. Uh, this movie is actually really, really good. Uh, should we start off? Uh, underrated? Yes or no? Yes. My favorite part my favorite part of this movie isn't even on screen. It's when the Prince of Darkness has Otto and Twister come to his house and drain his pool so they can turn it into a skateboard bowl. Oh, I should have seen that one. I fucking hate this show. All right, so much. Uh, before we talk about <laughs> the master of horror, <laughs> uh, Parker, you said you have some news for me. I wish you didn't. Buddy, buddy, you and me both wish I didn't have these things to say. So to peel back the curtain a little bit, we're recording a couple days late, so cast your mind back to Election Day, Tuesday. Your boy here had to switch his schedule working long, 10-hour overnight shifts. So Tuesday afternoon, he wakes up, Twitter feed's full of nothing but, Did you vote? I voted. Everyone poster, I voted sticker. And I'm just scrolling through it, eyes half open, and then I see, Shrek and Puss in Boots will be rebooted by the Minion Studio. And guys, I have never felt <laughs> closer to death in this moment. <laughs> Reading that, and then hours later, reading that Ted Cruz one is like the most brutal one-two punch I've ever experienced in my life. But the good news is, the old voice cast is returning. Oh, good! So don't worry. You'll still get that classic Mike Myers charm. <laughs> We're dragging Antonio Banderas out of whatever cabana he's been drinking in. All right. Uh... <laughs> Is there anything else? Please say no. I forgot. I'd forgotten some of the things I wrote down here, buddy. <laughs> Chris. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, God. I'm so ready. I have a question for you. Yes. How do you feel about Rogue One? I'm not a yes. fan. Uh, see, I know what you mean. Like, we both had a similar problem. Like, there just wasn't enough backstory for these characters that appear in one movie. So, luckily... You have an entire prequel series coming your oh, way. Oh, an entire that prequel series? <laughs> will not be assigned to you at any point in the near to immediate future. That's, well, oh, yes. thank God. Join, I can trust you. Let me put my glasses on here. <laughs> Something called Cassian Andor on a space traveling journey through the Resistance or Rebellion, whichever one it was. Is that in where that the movie. Ewoks live? Yeah. I can't even Correct. pretend like I know what that ah. is. Leave it to Star Wars expert Alex to correct me. <laughs> no one likes Star Wars more than Alex. <laughs> now, I know you like prequels, but how do you feel about reboots? Uh, well, I, I never really watched. I was more into the other stuff on Toonami. That's cool. Because let me just throw this at you. Jay and Silent Bob get a reboot begins production in February. They will now, Christopher, not to make that movie. Jay and Silent Bob return what? to Hollywood to stop a reboot of Bluntman and Chronic movie from getting made. Your thoughts? 
I'm so glad I don't know what those words mean. Oh, yeah, you will though. <laughs> Alex is a reference to to the weed. Get it? <laughs> uh, comic books are really cool. You're definitely not an idiot nerd if you read them. Uh, what else do you have? I have one last thing. Now this has been a just spirit breaking week of being alive on this earth. I wake up today, and what do I read? Stone Cold Steve Austin gives up beer. Uh, there is no <laughs> point in being alive anymore. What does that even mean? He, he's still drinking hard liquor, right? No, he doesn't no drink one alcohol. Knows what it means, it's, it's provocative. <laughs> he's not drinking alcohol, and he's doing DDP yoga. So just fucking. I'm going. Let's to, all just look. Let's all just hold hands and die. The Earth is melting. Fires are consuming cities. Let's just fucking die together. It's over. I'm There's just no going point. to have to like. You've been stuck down in the dark <laughs> for way too long. I wish they did. You know, I'm just going to have to append the uh, BuzzFeed video of him trying all those fancy cocktails at the end of this uh, recording. It's one of my all time favorite videos. And that's all I've got for you this week. You just get to live with the thought of Stone Cold not drinking beers as you go through the rest of your day in life. That means I'm going to have to drink two for every one of his. All right. That's what I'm talking uh, about. Let's talk about what we watched recently. So, Alex, who we keep calling our good friend, we really should change that to <laughs> someone we know, uh, decided out of the kindness of his heart to uh, assign us a whole bunch of Boston movies. Now, Boston, as we all know, won the World yeah, Series yeah, with yeah, our great yeah, pitching yeah, staff, yeah, you know, yeah, the... the, yeah, the <laughs> and uh, he decided that he would just give us a whole bunch of Boston movies. We have this friend, this friend named Evan, and you think he's going to sue us for even mentioning his name? <laughs> anyway, uh, Evan has a strong heart, but he also... He's a bit sensitive. Uh, he doesn't like it when he thinks people are making fun of him. <laughs> we were just having an idle conversation once where he just pops in there and goes, are you making fun of me? That's what every <laughs> single one of these movies is. It's just one of those, uh, oh, yeah, this is what you Boston people are like. I bet you like to watch the Red Sox and the Celtics, you piece of shit. So, uh, yeah, I had Fever Pitch. Now, I'd never actually seen Fever Pitch before. <laughs> God. People people talk about Fever Pitch all the time, and not just in the case of like Red Sox, but like, yeah, remember Jimmy Kimmel? I'm like, oh, I guess so. Or was it Jimmy Fallon? What's the difference between those guys? Who cares? Anyway, uh, the way I could... People actually think this is a pretty good uh, romantic comedy. Now, let me get to my thoughts here. I'll try to keep it quick. Uh, Drew Barrymore is in this. She's somewhat sober. And uh, the best way for me to describe it is Same. Drew Barrymore plays a human being. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, was it Jimmy Fallon or is it Jimmy Kimmel? I actually don't know the difference here. You watched it, buddy, not me. I don't remember. Well, her co-lead... <laughs> it's Jimmy Fallon. It's Jimmy Fallon? All right. Jimmy Fallon yeah. plays some sort of alien creature who's, I think, attempting to mimic the actions of a Red Sox fan and doing a half-decent job at best. It's like, half the time he seems like, wait, this just seems like a normal guy. And the other half is like, this is not human behavior. Okay, like, an example is, like, hey, I have to go down and watch their training camp. I like to scout the players and stuff like that. That's not weird. That's not, like, whoa, lock him up in a mental facility. And he gets interviewed by ESPN, and he's like, yeah, man, I love the Red Sox. And her father is just like, ugh, what an asshole. Yeah, what really weird, liking a sports team. Anyway, um, 
the the part where it gets weird though is do you remember have you guys ever actually seen this of course you have there's a scene in the restaurant where uh he misses the Red Sox game to be with Drew Barrymore. Ooh, big deal. And this guy comes in talking about the Red Sox game, and he has an autistic freakout. He, like, covers his, his hands over his ears and starts, like, screaming the sing-song thing so he won't hear about the game. It goes on for, like, five minutes. It's really, really weird. So, final thoughts here is <laughs> the game, the movie uh, was made in, it came out in 2005, and they were covering the 2004 season. Obviously, they won the World Series, Curse of Man, et cetera. And they were expecting the Red Sox to lose again. That There's a line in there where they're talking about, and you can clearly tell that was meant for when the Red Sox lose again. And they weren't prepared for the Sox to win. So at the beginning of the movie, you have this voiceover that, like, Harley comes in and is like, yeah, you all know what happened, you know, 86 years, but there's another story I have to tell you. <laughs> like, gee, thank you for this. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually had to rewrite yeah, this. Yeah, I can tell. Like, <laughs> it's so fucking it's very it's like, man, we haven't lost. Austin so long, it's finally safe to make a movie. It's, and then. It is so very obviously rewritten, though. <laughs> uh, anyway, my big thing about it is that as a romance, it only barely works. I think the number one thing that actually does work really well about this movie is that the honesty is really on point. I like how earnest the movie is and how earnest the characters are. Like, there's a part where Drew Barrymore has to go to Paris or whatever, and she's like, oh, come with me, Jimmy Fallon or Kimmel. And he's just like, no, I can't. I have to watch the Red Sox. Any other one of these movies, he would have made up an excuse like, oh, my grandmother dropped acid and kidnapped a bus full of kids or made up an elaborate lie, and he would have got discovered on live TV. He's at the Sox game, and then he got, like, all this other stuff. And that would have been boring. I've seen it all before. He's just honestly like, no, I'm obsessed with the Sox. I got to see the Sox. They're playing the Yankees, etc." And I, I don't know. I, I kind of appreciate the honesty. Uh, the humor really just doesn't work for most of it. Although there was one joke at the very beginning that worked so well. I was like, wait, is this actually going to be good? Uh, so Drew Barrymore plays, I guess, a mathematician for some idiotic company. And uh, Jimmy Fallon or Kimmel brings in uh, his school kids. And he's like, go ahead, ask her a bunch of questions. I'm just going to stare at her. And she's like, okay, kids. <clears throat> Have you ever had a situation where you look at numbers and you just look at them in your head and you rearrange them and you add them all up and divide them and stuff like that? And one of the kids says without missing a beat, she knows my secret pleasure. <laughs> in a way that he's very clearly making fun of her. And I was just like, wait a second, that, that joke actually works really well. And everything after that was... Uh, oh, buddy, nothing. you're going to love young Sheldon then. <laughs> no, that that one's told It's actually first. good. No. <laughs> Leave me alone, who did? Anyway, uh, then I watched Celtic Pride. <sighs> this, one, this one is like, okay, Fever Pitch is another one where they're very obviously making fun of, oh, Red Sox fans, you're all like that. Celtic Pride is just like, yeah, you guys are all like this, you fucking idiots. And I'm like, it actually kind of hits a, a nerve stronger than Fever Pitch does. Because everyone in Celtic Pride is a complete imbecile. Uh, so, which, by the way, actually kind of fits. So, uh, Daniel Stern is in this. You ever realize Daniel Stern always talks out of the side of his mouth? I don't know what's going on with him. Maybe he had a stroke. Uh, and it also has Dan Aykroyd. Why is he making movies? <laughs> uh, it also has... Why is it that just saying Dan Aykroyd's name makes me laugh so hard? <laughs> <laughs> just knowing he's an insane person selling vodka and talking about aliens. <laughs> He's so fucking cool. Uh, it also has either Damon Wayans or Marlon Wayans. I don't really remember which is which, but he was oh, one geez. of the. Everyone, be careful. <laughs> but uh, he's in this, and he actually does a. He, 
you know, I think he's kind of miscast because he's sort of playing the straight or he's he's sort of playing like the straight role. He's really good when you just give him like a funny line to say. He doesn't have a whole lot of those. So I kind of feel like some stuff in the movie could be switched around. Uh, Larry Bird is in it. Larry Bird can't act. So remember that. Oh my god, is he? Is yeah. Wow. It's it's Man. for like five seconds. I feel like I, I actually forgot about that, and that was one of the words this week. <laughs> it's literally just Larry Bird. Like maybe. Chris Are you will bring serious? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but if it, if it, if it makes you feel better, Parker brought up Star Wars and politics already. Oh. So you got oh, I mean, I've got a, I got a couple doozies coming your way. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, great! Uh, <laughs> sure, anyway. anime is on that list. Yeah, Larry Bird is in there. Uh, quadruple oops. I, I, you can, I, I'll show you a screen. Don't, 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 don't do it. Don't. I can't show you, can't show you some of this information. Anyway, Celtic <laughs> uh, Pride is it's funnier than Fever Pitch, which. But that doesn't say a whole lot. But uh, I would not recommend Celtic Pride. Uh, what else did I watch? Oh, yeah. Taking a break from Boston movies. Parker assigned me Gnome Alone. The 2015 version <laughs> oh, of the yeah, late I did that, didn't I? And uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. Gnome, Gnome Alone. Alone is bad. Uh, <laughs> but there is one reason why I think Parker assigned... Parker, have you seen this? No. We have a oh, we have a significant delay here. Um, anyway, uh, no yeah, alone. The only reason to mention it is at the beginning. <laughs> it has like one. It's like told, sort of told in like flashbacks or thing. And uh, in the ancient times, there were little leprechauns or something like that. Who knows? And that one leprechaun lusted after a sorceress, and it's all like drawn out in ye olde comic book style. And it's it's seen from the back, and you could just hear a friend Troyer reaching up at a woman with like a little bit of cleavage. And you could just hear him saying, "Milady," it's like my, <laughs> it's my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I can think about. It's just here in virtual and say, then the leprechaun lusted after one who would not have a lady. So, song. best movie you watched so far? Thank you. Uh, no, not even close. Actually, I also watched... Oh. Uh, uh, Alex assigned me Boondock Saints 2, All Saints Day. I had not seen the original, so I decided to <laughs> sit down and watch the cult classic. What kind of Boston I'd argue. I know. Well, here's the thing. Apparently, I'm better than most because most people who like the Boondock Saints are, one, not from Boston, two, not Catholic, and three, not even Irish. They pretend to be one of the three. Anyway, uh, Boondock Saints won. <laughs> All those fake Catholics out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got that. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Not anyway. actually Catholic. I just love fucking kids. I, I prefer pre- to call myself culture. libertarian. Not actually I don't, Catholic. I don't actually. I just spend eight hours at church every Sunday. So I, I, I j- to me. <laughs> Enough about love. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually eat the Eucharist. I think the blood of Christ is a bad idea. But <laughs> Anyway. Uh, Saints 1 is actually a pretty good movie. Um, it's very poorly written and very poorly directed, but I'm willing to give it an excuse. This was by a complete <laughs> amateur. Like, think about it. This guy was a bartender, and just, they just gave him a movie camera. It's like, yeah, your script is dynamite. Just directed. It's like, you know what? I'm going to give him a couple of excuses. That doesn't really excuse the acting, but I got to tell you, Willem Dafoe kills it in that movie. And the other thing about it is everyone's like, yeah, what a great action movie. It's a comedy. It's very obviously a comedy. They're trying to have fun with it. There's... There's a reason everyone loves this movie when they're Oh, playing. yeah. Like, I'm still stuck on It's pretty good. It's poorly written, poorly directed. The acting's really bad. But it's actually really good. 
Parker, I'm glad you brought that up. A movie can be good even if it's poorly directed. Think about uh Buddy, every just Star look Wars at my letterbox. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> That's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> Excuse me. You're trying to upset him, but you just called those Star Wars movies yeah. good. <laughs> I'm fine. That's cool. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. So I'm giving it my afternoon to talk with my good friends who don't insult me for my beliefs. Once again. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's all right. It gets a ten of a recommendation as long as you're under fifteen. And uh, then I watched Boondock Saints Fair. too. That is one of the most <laughs> boring movies I've ever seen in my life. That movie goes on too. That movie's like a million hours long, I think, give or take. Yeah, the the first one's actually kind of long. You don't right. realize it because it's really yeah. breezy and it keeps moving. This is like two and a half hours long. But that second one, yeah. I don't know why it just keeps on going. That's, it doesn't have anything to illegal. say. None of the effects are good. Anyway, I do not recommend Boondock Saints 2. However, one of the best decisions I made is afterwards I decided... It, I, I watched it, right? I remember seeing it and I was just like, well, that was on screen. I think I saw it. And I, can't, I can't say that I can say anything about it. I then went out to the Alamo Draft House in Woodbridge and I watched Mad Max Fury Road in black and chrome. One of the absolute best movie-going experiences of my life. And everyone asks, is it better in black and white or color? It's definitely better in color, but there are a couple scenes that look even better in black and chrome. Like, uh, it's usually around people's eyes. So when Furiosa has, like, the grease on her face and uh, the, the war boy, sorry, the war boys, too. And I think a little bit of uh, of Toast. She's, she looks alright. Because, again, it's about the, uh, whether your eyes contrast with uh, what's going on around you. However, a lot of people don't seem to understand. People keep saying, oh yeah, it was originally meant to be shown in black and white. And it was like, yeah, but that idea was nixed early in development by the production studio. And then... George Miller said, look, we need this to be as colorful as possible. And it, that's why it looks better with the color. So uh, either way, I'd still recommend watching it. And again, either version. I, I love that movie to death. It's uh, That has been slotted into my number two favorite movie of all time. I, I can just never get sick of that movie. Uh, Parker, tell me about Patriot's Day. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We'll Actually, get to Patriot's sorry. Day. Wait, Parker, 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 Parker. Remember what I told you about the thing I was going to say? I do not. Okay. I'll be honest. Sorry. Okay. All right. Never mind. Sorry. Let me let me say one last <laughs> thing about uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I'm willing to defend this movie more than I defend other movies. I I have this like attachment to the movie that's just unbreakable. I I defend it. I hold it sacred. I hold it sacred the way that a pastor holds the Bible sacred. The way that Mark David Chapman held Catcher in the Rye sacred. Anyway, I also watched the Rugrats movie. Now, your favorite babies are back. It's the story of diaper-clad kids told from a baby's point of view, and they were one of the hottest-selling toy franchises of the late 90s. The film features a hilarious musical number in the hospital nursery where newborns have the voices of major rock stars that include Jacob Dylan, Bob Dylan's son, Iggy Pop, Lou Rawls, Lisa Loeb, and Patti Smith, to name a few. Jesus. Now, other celebrity voices include Whoopi Goldberg, who's just in everything. I'm sure she was in Prince of Darkness. And the Rocky <laughs> Horror Picture for two Show's on Whoopi Tim Goldberg, Curry. Guys. And David yeah. Spade. <laughs> How could now, you forget also Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, Tim Curry, buddy? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Now, here's the thing about the Rugrats movie. Uh, two scenes. Um, one, at one point, Tommy tries to kill his younger brother. So, that's yeah. uh, that was kind of fun. <laughs> I though. remember that. And at one point, Charlotte gets cut off from saying the word penis. So, thank you, Rugrats. I don't know why. <laughs> well, stuff for the adults out there talking about baby dicks. <laughs> see, see, the thing we is, see the you reason I watch this is, out there. 
apparently everyone my age had this on VHS growing up, and like an orange VHS, they're like, you weren't a kid in the 90s unless you had this. I see this, I'm like, I, I, I was a kid in the 90s, I remember seeing it. I never actually saw it, so I watched it, and guess what? Not actually worth your time. Uh, you know, that's the thing about the Rockrats TV show, is I can very barely, I remember every single line from it, mostly because I'm friends with Alex, but uh, <laughs> there weren't a whole lot of really, really great lines that stick with you forever. <laughs> Oh, I was baiting you into giving one. All right, never mind. <laughs> no, no, I was not oh, finished. <laughs> right. Parker, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so let me preface this by saying that between now and the last time we recorded, all of King of the Hill was put on Hulu. So that yes. has been on for most of the time I've been awake and asleep <laughs> in this house. It's well, been a powerful be. stream. But you know what? Let's just quit the bullshit. Let's talk about Patriots Day. I think we have to. Patriots Day is fucking incredible. <laughs> Everyone listening should watch Patriots Day. It's the funniest fucking movie. Because you have all these people who are playing like actual people from that event, and then just Mark Wahlberg being Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> it's so fucking Wait, funny. does he actually play like, himself? J- or? He might as well, dude. Like, you have J.K. Simmons giving a real performance. You have John Goodman giving a real performance. You have Kevin Bacon giving a real performance. And then Mark Wahlberg just crying and talking about the Red Sox. It's the funniest fucking thing. All I can imagine is so Mark like, Wahlberg. Does he play the kid who loses a leg? No, no. But he makes an appearance. <laughs> You'll be watching that movie soon. <laughs> so here's the thing. This is actually kind of really well directed. Like, if you remove the irony oh of watching Mark Wahlberg just be in Boston's 9-11 movie, it's actually pretty well done and has some really good sequences near the end. But then Mark Wahlberg's on scene again. <laughs> like the scene where Jin Yang from Silicon Valley gets carjacked and the two bombers tell him that America did 9-11. It's <laughs> really fucking funny. Because I'd forgotten you told me this, Alex. I forgot that Jokar was played by the kid from Hereditary. <laughs> So that oh, really yep. amplified my experience. Oh. Really had a good time with this movie. Shokar <laughs> just being like portrayed well as the fail son he is, who pretty much just gets bullied into this by his older brother. All he wants to do is smoke weed all day and play video games with his friends. And he gets fucking bullied into bombing a marathon. It's so fucking good. Like I'm the Jared funniest Leto, part, and this marathon has been jokerized. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a society, Mister Wahlberg. <laughs> the funniest part of this movie, like, like besides just the fact that it's clearly supposed to be like Boston's nine eleven, <laughs> even though Aaron Hernandez killed more people than these two. Like, you get to the end, like the movie ends, and then we get interviews with the actual people, and it's all these interviews with these. Oh no. Typical Boston oh, no. shitheads. Hey. I know where I'm going. <laughs> they talk to all these people. Fucking talk like this. They all sound like this. And they interview the one Asian guy and give him subtitles. I laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> the absolute <laughs> nerve. <laughs> Everyone else talks wicked retarded. And the Asian guy talks in, you know, pretty competent English. Like, it's not the best, but it's not bad. <laughs> The need, like, no, they'll never understand what this dude's saying. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Movies are so cool. Parker, whose city is are so fucking cool. David Ortiz clip after the movie ends in the montage of all the survivors being like, hey, that shit sucks, but we all came together. Y'all bossed it strong. And then there's 
fucking David Ortiz just <laughs> talking about it being our fucking city. Now, it's uh, real good. now, Parker, did they bring up how he took steroids and cheated? <laughs> He's you curious. Did not Ooh, come up in the that movie. puke soaked region of the country. <laughs> <laughs> like for a two-hour movie, I had a ton of fun with it. Like the combination of surprisingly well shot, and then just being the most Boston thing to ever exist. It was powerful. <laughs> it was a real good movie. Yeah. I have no regrets watching it. It. Tu- it turns out that all the Peterberg movies are kind of good. <laughs> it owns that he's like an actually <laughs> competent director, but he's just like, hey, Mark, yeah. you want to make this weird Boston thing again? It's so fucking good. <laughs> like, Kevin Bacon's entire role is being the cuck CIA guy who won't release the pictures of him because they're Muslims. It's so fucking good. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg fucking arguing with the FBI about how he knows the city and knows where to look <laughs> like they wouldn't have thought to check the security camera and look like oh that's a Dunkin Donuts without Mark Wahlberg looking at it and telling him what's on that corner it's so awesome now you mentioned the Cuck FBI agent let me tell you something I, I forgot to mention an actor named Vladimir Cuck in Celtic Pride <laughs> how did you forget? How, I don't know how I forgot. Vladimir he Cuck. was actually the best part of the movie. He was the funniest character in there. He's like some I don't know if he's like I think he's Croatian or Estonian or something like that. And uh Marlon or Damon Wayans plays like an actual good basketball player on his team, like the only good member of whichever team he plays for. And uh he gets kidnapped uh by Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern. So they have to plug in this Croatian dude into his role, and this dude is played by Vladimir Cuck. And uh <laughs> the guy's like, Look, don't try to be uh Damon Wayans or, or Mylon Wayans. Just you know, just be yourself, just run your place. And uh <laughs> Vladimir Cuck says, But what about my homies? And <laughs> he's basically doing that the entire movie. <laughs> I'm happy so what you had a great you time watch with Pride. <laughs> Let's just go down the Hold list of on. shit that was assigned. Oh, hang on. Before before we move on, I just want to remind you guys yet oh, again, although I'm sure you haven't forgotten, so I'm sure someone out there has, about the upcoming Peter Berg, Mark Wahlberg collaboration. Oh, oh buddy, I did not forget. Don't what you is worry. It? What is it? Tell me. <laughs> it's called Wonderland. An ex-felon named Spencer returns to Boston's criminal underworld to unravel a twisted murder conspiracy. Co-starring Mark Maron and Post Malone. <laughs> I'm in. Done. I mean, Done. That's, see you there at the theater. Like masterpiece. I I cannot tell you how excited I am to see Mile 22 now. Like oh, I'm so God. fucking ready. It's so good. So let's continue it's down the so list of things I got to watch because of my good friends, the only people I can find in this world. Let's just get to Garfield: Tale of Two Kitties, folks. Yeah. So okay, there are two parts of this movie. That made me feel like, okay, this was worth watching. The central villain is someone you might recognize, Chris. A man named Billy Connolly. <laughs> He's just in everything. <laughs> the entire movie is Billy Connolly fucking hating this stupid fat cat and wanting it dead. Because, you see, <laughs> this movie takes place in England. And some queen or some royal shit dies. Who could care? And they leave the mansion to the cat. The cat who looks just like Garfield and is voiced by Tim Curry doing... A powerful Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> <laughs> like, as far as movies he could have assigned me go, 
that was enough to get me through about half of it before I st- my mind started wandering. But yeah. <laughs> now, Parker. Billy Connolly trying aggressive mouse hunt-esque ways to kill animals <laughs> while fat Tim Curry just eats lasagna. You could do worse. Parker, please tell me, how does the CGI look in this? It's, I mean, better, but fuck, man. <laughs> that first one is one of the most viscerally upsetting things I've ever seen. In right? <laughs> it's, it's better, but also there's another dance sequence with another Black Eyed Peas song. So potato, potato. Jesus. <laughs> Thanks again. Oh my god, he's gonna be he's gonna be so upset when we make him watch the spiritual successor, the Smurfs movie from last year. Whoa, you mean yeah, the good, remake? Ju- just the one. Just the one yeah. that exists, right? Right, friends? There's he's, only one. He's talking about movie, the right? remade Smurfs movie, not the original Smurfs movie. It's just the one. There's only one that exists, so once you assign it, that's it. Cool. Very cool. Then I watched a movie called I'm Sorry, the does that say Katy Perry is Smurfette? You need to stop this. <laughs> This can't continue. So you assigned me the Thomas Crown Affair, which I appreciated because just I didn't know anything about it. If I would have gotten my entire life by looking at that title and going, yeah, no thanks. I did not realize it was a John McTiernan movie starring Pierce Brosnan as a guy who steals art pieces. Yep. I didn't love it. Like <laughs> I probably won't watch it again, but I had a very good time watching it. And you get to see a lot of Pierce Brosnan's ass. It's... Therefore, three and a half oh, stars. God, it's like seriously 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 Just minutes of Pierce Brosnan's ass in that movie. boning on the stairs with his giant ass. It's, it's like that yeah. movie is so fucking confusing in so many ways. Because it's like, oh, it's <laughs> this like mysterious art thief. And then it's just like old people boning for 30 minutes. And then it goes <laughs> so back cool. to stealing art. It's like, what? How is this an entire, the entire act second movie? act? Is this cop just falling in love with Pierce Brosnan and then more art stealing? So that was a very <laughs> welcome surprise because that that could have been anything. But let's get to the main event yeah. that I know you want to talk about. So, Chris, yes. I forgot to tell you, but we're pivoting this episode in the next hours just about Neo Yokio. Oh. oh yes, <laughs> Alex. I know deep down. You do a lot of things to cause me physical and emotional turmoil, but I know you care about me because no one else would have assigned me this to watch. You had my best interest at heart, and I appreciate that. I don't know it's how so to describe the Yokio, but it's two hours, and everyone should just embrace it for themselves. It's like I knew immediately in the first episode when I hear Jalen Smith's voice say, who cares what time it is when the future is an unavoidable abyss of whackness? Like, okay, I'm in good hands here. <laughs> and then Jude Law's his mecha butler. <laughs> mecha butler. Like there so were so, every episode was like, oh, so this is what the show's about. Okay, no, no, so this yep. is what the show is about. Yeah. Oh, his rival, the other bachelor named Archangelo. <laughs> And then it just turns Who into a racing show. Who is your favorite character in anime us. history, and why is it Archangelo? Archangelo <laughs> is so incredible. It's... When they start the... God, I think it's the... It's the one where they go to the Hamptons, I think. So it's the third or fourth episode. And you realize that they're just at a restaurant that is on the top floor of the World Trade Center, which is now <laughs> underwater. Right? <laughs> And when they just casually mention things like, oh yes, The Bachelor Board, ranking all of the, the hottest bachelors board. in Neo Yokio. <laughs> they just casually drop these Yokio, things. The bachelor and you just have to accept, like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> She's wanted 
to, she will be hanged for her crime of blowing up the bachelor board by the judge voiced by Steve Buscemi. It's so powerful. So, when he's fucking chasing down the demon sympathizers from the school, and he chases that, uh, that, that uh, the gay music teacher to that club, that looks like a satanic cult, and then they all just take off their robes, and it's a dance, it's a Gregorian dance party. <laughs> it's like, yeah, my boyfriend spins Gregorian house, of course I would admit that. Oh my god. <laughs> my favorite line in the whole series is, like the first two episodes. <laughs> and he looks at him and he goes, Honey, look at me. I don't sympathize with anyone. <laughs> For the first two episodes, it's about him exercising demons out of people. And then it becomes a weird thing about the Bachelor Board. And then it becomes a racing <laughs> series in the span of six yeah, episodes. The fact that the last two episodes of the Neo Yokio Grand Prix is my favorite thing. There's a mid-series reveal that his robot butler is not a robot, but is actually piloted by an old woman. <laughs> it's so fucking good. I'm still stuck when I, on, I went to rewatch it yesterday. Gregorian house. Because <laughs> <laughs> my brain is broke. I was like, I should rewatch the last episode. And then when it said season two debuts December seventh, I've never felt more pure joy in a moment. I, I yeah. That might it be a full episode. Living in for me. <laughs> Everyone should be required to see it. It's just it's it it's great how we've been gushing about the show for like five minutes and we never even brought up the episode where fake Taylor Swift named Sailor Pellegrino is actually a diamond thief demon who is also a communist. <laughs> That's just one episode and it's never spoken of again. <laughs> They're all like a it's quick twenty twenty one. So good. I don't understand how these people were brought together to do this project. Like, I don't understand. I'm like, hey, Jude Law, do you want to vote a robot butler? <laughs> He's not the biggest star, it but is, Jesus Christ. It is maybe my favorite vanity project ever. Like, it's so fucking good. <laughs> it's not often where I watch a show an episode of my episode go, well, I have no idea what the fuck might happen this time. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe he'll go back to playing tennis. Who fucking knows? <laughs> it's very powerful. Chris, I guarantee it will be assigned to you before the season's I, over. Fantastic. I, the way you're making it sound, I don't know. It's, the, whole, it's really the, the whole fucking thing with his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I don't even remember what the setup is, but like he runs into her in the park and he's like, excuse me, I have to go like proselytize in a graveyard. <laughs> he's just like... <laughs> And the like, next shot, he's just actually in a graveyard. It's so cool. I definitely watched that entire thing in one sitting. By the way, <laughs> just let it keep on oh, rolling. All you, you can't, you can't stop. Like when I realized that Susan I, Sarandon plays his aunt, <laughs> who just keeps leasing out their house to German tourists. <laughs> it's real fucking good. It's real good. You're welcome, buddy. So I know I've been that, talking this up for almost a year. I'm glad it, you finally got to I'm glad you didn't give me any details except that Jalen Smith was in it. Because that's all you need to know. Yeah. It's it's something that has to be seen. I firmly believe that. Well, I'll keep it in mind. Now, on to the never-ending story. Folks, yes. since I did not grow up with the never-ending story, I have no nostalgia for it. So watching as an adult, it's like, okay, that's fine. Like, I won't watch it again, but I can appreciate the fact that it exists and how just sunk deep into this world of puppets and weird shit they go. 
And the fact that it was mm-hmm. a huge success is honestly makes me so happy. Because you could see any number of scenarios where that movie's relegated to. Did you ever see that weird German movie about a dead horse when you were a kid? That was fucked up, right? <laughs> but, like, there's so much care and detail put into it. And, the like, as soon as you get into that world, it's so fucking bonkers. It's like, this isn't for me, but I'm happy this exists. Because, good lord. But, yeah. I... See, one of the reasons I assigned it to you, though, uh, how'd you feel about Artex? I didn't realize that scene happened so early. If that had yeah. happened like an hour and 20 minutes into that movie, I would have been crying hysterically watching that horse drown. <laughs> but you see that horse for a scene and it just drowns in the mud like an asshole. You fucking idiot horse. Oh, that's a tough scene to watch, let me tell you something. Anyway, yeah, that horse uh, is very steadfast. To like, no. <laughs> oh, no thanks. Pass. <laughs> now, here's what I'm going to this week. <laughs> no. When am I ever? But here's what a stroke of yeah. luck hit me. When it was like, hey guys, we're going to have to postpone a couple days. It's like, alright, so I get to dive into some real garbage. Folks, let me talk to you about how good the 1999 version of House on Haunted Hill is. It is spectacular. It has Jeffrey Rush with a tiny Vincent Price mustache as some weird millionaire who just runs an amusement park. You have multiple roller ce- roller coaster-centric fake-outs. And Marilyn Manson's cover of Sweet Dreams all in the first 12 minutes. Yes. So I'm assuming you're all downloading it now. Uh, I mean, obvi. But what if I told you it also had Chris Kattan in it? Because I had uh, forgotten he was <laughs> in that movie. He's just the look on my face. The look on my fucking face when Corky Romano saddles into frame. And you realize, like, oh, I'm going to have like a solid hour with this dude. Oh, Corky so Romano, we know about next Corky week's Romano. movie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that in theaters, dude. What? That's, yeah. that's oh pivot. man, Wait, that's next week's Talk episode right there. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, uh, disagree. <laughs> Corky Romano. I have very fond memories because I was like 11. But <laughs> <laughs> you're the you're the only one who has fond memories yeah, of Corky Romano. <laughs> Chris, do you remember when we watched The Haunting and how the very end just turned into a mess of bad 90s CGI? It was like a roller coaster of bad CGI. Yeah, no relation. Just you know, <laughs> just the thought, nothing to do with the movie I watched. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yep, you Glad want to you see had that. a good time. Yep, there will not be any weird wispy CGI ghosts of the baby faces. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you say that, and all I could think of that that fucking ghost from that Ghost Hunter show we were watching when you were here, <laughs> the baby ghost. Just <laughs> <laughs> I think about that fucking ghost all the time. All right, Chris, we picked up some heat signatures. <laughs> it, <laughs> to be clear, there was not an actual ghost there, but there was like a stick figure outline of a ghost that was basically doing like the 90s dancing baby thing. <laughs> Just <laughs> in the window of the right room. There? <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> so House on Haunted Hill was as good as I remembered. So I was like, you know what? We're already we got a hot hand. Let's keep it rolling with thirteen ghosts. Let me tell you about the power of post screen Matt Lillard. Matt Lillarding all over the screen for ninety minutes. <laughs> it is intense. And by the way, the movie has the nerve to tell you that Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie is Tony Shalhoub's daughter. Okay, movie, whatever you Man, fucking what? say. I yeah. don't know how that works out, but uh The nerve to just tell you that and be like, you got it? Cool, moving on. 
but I actually kind of loved it. I love the conceit they have where they have to wear these stupid ghost glasses, and you can't see anything without them, but as soon as you put them on, there's big spooky ghosts running around in your face. It is (laughs) a lot of fun, because there's one scene where they pair off two characters. So Matthew Lillard has the glasses, and the other girl doesn't. And just put yourself in her shoes... Imagine not having spooky glasses and the only thing steering you away from murderous ghosts is post-scream Matthew Lillard screaming at you. <laughs> Imagine the fear <laughs> as he's just zip-zop, zoomity-bopping all around while ghosts are trying to eat your face. <laughs> it's real I, fucking I good. feel safe in his hands. It is wonderful. And you know what? We're two for two. We're gonna go for the turkey. So your boy put on House of Wax from 2005. Yeah. So here's the thing with House of Wax. Here's the bad part. The movie's 108 minutes long. Here's the really good part. The movie ends, cuts to black, credits roll, and the first thing you hear is My Chemical Romance, Helena. I laughed (laughs) so fucking hard. It's incredible. Let me run this soundtrack by you. We have My Chemical Romance, The Prodigy, Deftones, Disturbed, Blood Simple, Marilyn Manson, The Stooges, The Von Bondies, Joy Division, and Dark New Day. Who says no? Who amongst us? (laughs) Anyone with ears? (laughs) How dare you? Paris Hilton is in that movie for almost 80 minutes, and that is (laughs) what we call a tactical mistake. Wow. Oh, remember when she was like an actress? Like that was she like gets, the, what they were trying to do. But to be fair, she gets such a good death. This movie, this sh- dumb cheesy fucking mid 2000s horror remake has two of the most viscerally upsetting things I've seen recently. So shouts out to it for that. Because that woman getting her mouth super glued shut hurt me on a deep level as she tried to open her mouth. It's it's not a fun watch that scene. Oh, but good. again, <laughs> Helena plays like any ill will you have as soon as you hear it because it cuts out the intro it's just straight into the first verse it's you're in a good place <laughs> now, Alex I know you and I have talked about this before but the second they announce a reunion tour it's I, all of my money it's a blank check I will be there yeah. regardless yeah yeah we're just doing one show and it's an anchorage all right sign me up whatever yeah, yeah I'll be there I think you have to if you're playing Welcome to the Black Parade I'm there just yeah. take all of it <laughs> Let's see, it's the last movie I'll talk about. Oh, shit, I forgot to write down the title. Chris, what was that movie you saw with that date that like, all took place on a computer screen? With what's-his-nuts? Oh. oh, Searching? Oh yeah, Unfriended Dark Web. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. <laughs> Here's oh. the thing. I, I kind of loved it. It's kind of great, honestly. Did either of you see the first which, Unfriended? Which... Uh, I did, yes. Oh, did you see the sequel yet? No. It kind of, it, it's actually surprising because the first movie where the villain is the ghost of a girl who pooped herself at a party, there are no ghosts in this one. <laughs> this dude what? steals the laptop, logs into it, he's logging into all of his shit, and then he goes, to, he opens up Facebook, and the previous owner's account is still logged in. So he logs in and immediately gets messages. One from a bunch of different women from all over the world, and the one from someone saying... Hey, what the fuck? Where did you get this from? No, you didn't buy it. Where is it from? And then he starts opening programs and notices uh, it's a one terabyte computer. About 990 gigs are all videos in a hidden folder. And then he starts digging through and the only program on there is a dark web program. And then horrible shit starts happening to him. 
because they really want it back. Because it turns out the guy on this computer got paid a whole lot of money to fucking murder people in very specific ways. And this movie is really dark and really mean. Like, more mean-spirited than I would have considered from... Considering the first movie has Chekhov's fucking blender, so the fat kid can accidentally <laughs> blend his arm in it in the third act, like... It's real mean. Like, it's absolutely worth the watch. I was ready to, so, like... Because en- I enjoyed the first one. I was ready for that experience, and it is not that at all. So which ending did you get? Um, that's actually a good question. I forgot there... I completely forgot there were two endings. Yeah, see, that was, like, the... I think that was, like, the coolest thing that that movie did. Is, Chris, I don't know if you knew about this. I, I did not. They... they There are two different uh, ending cuts of the movie... And they shipped them basically at random to different theaters. Yo, so nobody knew which ending they had. Let so, me. like, Wait, you would go out and clue. They might. Oh, yeah, the, the clue had three different endings, I believe. But that was like, like eighties. Yeah, yeah. But to do that with this fucking movie, like this, the nerve of this fucking movie to think that people are gonna go see Unfriended Dark Web in multiple theaters for a different ending, like. And, and it's like, all it's at not, random too. Wow. This yeah. Is... <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's no way to tell. You might just sit through the same cut three times. No, mom, you know. don't understand. We have to get the red version and a link cable and another Game Boy <laughs> to get the other ending of Unfriended Dark Web. Okay, I did not get the Buried Alive one. I got the other one. Okay. I mean, it was probably on the disc. I just completely forgot they did that. I forgot to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's honestly. Oh God, like, imagine imagine if they did watch. it with the DVDs too. Like, oh, God, that would, that that's actually the, the smart idea. idea. Like, I was ready to ironically recommend this because I and make like one of the endings like super ones. rare, like collecting Pretty an upside down plane on a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's so fucking mean, and there's a whole lot of twists and turns. It's it's surprisingly really fucking good. I had a great time with it. You know, you really should see Searching. It's it's not a horror movie by any stretch. It's just stretch. not out yet. If it was oh, out, yeah. I'd grab it. I'd, I'd say, yeah, I'd look it up. And the fact this movie opens with... Because, oh, it's all on the screen. There's no other outside shots. So you find out he stole it because he can't find out the password. So the whole opening scene is him just trying random things. And when he tried Feel the Burn 2020, then Big Dick 69, and then Cuff Fifi, I was like, all right, so we're at like three and a half, four stars. We can't, like we're already up there because this movie knows <laughs> and it also confirms that the only thing worse than actually playing cards against humanity is watching someone else play cards against humanity oh, yep. oh boy that sounds like it a is. experience the way this movie doles out information though slow it's it's fucking surprisingly good they should have not put unfriended on the name because there's no erasing that connection to the other one they're very different movies one has a kid and hold up with the, a blender and go, yeah, I make my famous salsa here in the living room, and then shove his arm <laughs> in it an hour later. And one just has like them piecing together like, oh, this girl in this video I showed you has been missing for a week. And someone requested a hole was drilled in her head. Very different movies. And I think that'll be it. Uh... Oh, actually, just a real quick one. I watched Sorry to Bother You yesterday. It's very good, and also... Don't read into it going in, because that movie takes some turns I was not expecting in that movie whatsoever. I was thought I was getting a nice light comedy starring one of the guys from Atlanta, and there are some decisions that will lose a whole lot of people near the end. Well, alright, I guess I'll be surprised I, by it. 
I've been I've been told I really need to see that. I remember seeing the trailer a couple times and thinking, oh great, it's another ham-fisted anti-capitalism movie. Yep. But I've heard it's very much not, so I'm gonna have to check it, it out. It starts that way for like an act and a half, and then there's a scene, and trust me, you'll know. Like there's no there's no confusion. You'll know when you're at that point. You're like, a oh, fucking what? <laughs> so yeah, you should you should also check it out. I was happy I knew nothing going in except that one trailer. <laughs> That was a real out of left field. Me and her looking at each other like, fuck, what What the fuck? Just, what just happened? <laughs> it's, it's real good. All right, that's it for me. Uh, Alex, go ahead. So I'm I'm a bit late this week. I've been uh, I've been in New York all week, but I did right after we recorded last week. Uh, I did finally sit down and see Bad Times at the El Royale, which I wanted yes. to do two minutes on, even though you guys covered most of it. Okay, go ahead, please. So please. you guys both like this movie, right? Yes. Yes. I'm um, not sure that I did. I think that's fair. Uh, now, why I, didn't you? So, okay, so you know, I love the conceit. I love the setup. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the aesthetic of the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think like there were there were a lot of choices that were made that were really smart, and you know, you you referred to it as like Diet Tarantino, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's Dar- Diet Tarantino in the worst way possible because the thing that makes Tarantino's movies like this one stand out is the dialogue, and the dialogue in this movie is fucking ass. That is my ultimate problem with it. Like, I love the setup, I love the the mood, I love the twist that this movie takes, even though it's just, like, basically every twist in this movie is, hey, you guys saw Reservoir Dogs, right? Like, <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. I think I did comment about it that uh, Tarantino, I kept thinking to myself, what if Tarantino had directed this? And I think I said on the podcast that the number one thing he would have done better was the dialogue. Except when it refers to uh, the singer, because you know he would have <laughs> dropped the hard R at yeah, least twice. Yeah, there would have been... And th- here's the thing, though, is that is... I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's kind of a hard uh, thing to accept Uh that that would have been sort of a small exception because I don't know that I would go so far as to call the dialogue ass. I I don't remember if there was a single line that I didn't like, but I will remember uh, this. There was maybe one joke in the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, there there were a couple things that were like, heh, other than that, which is fine. If you want to make your movie, like a certain degree of self-serious like i'm totally fine with that like i like i love the setup of like oh it's this hotel and like you learn things about the hotel as you go on and i mean like you know very on that not everyone is as they seem but like the things that you like the hotel as a character i think is really cool Mm -hmm. i i liked the i don't even want to know if you want to call it a twist at the end i i will Um, call it a twist uh just because it's easier for me as like nomenclature that i would consider that a twist yeah, and like I thought, I thought that was cool because it's it, the movie does a lot of like subverting expectations, mm-hmm. which is something that I really, I really respect when a movie can make me go, oh, I didn't think about it that way, or something. Like, it's not that this movie is like that hard to figure out or that deep, but if you if you play follow the leader with the director like in, in the movie like as you're supposed to do as a viewer and not play the oh I'm so I'm such a melon brain I'm gonna figure this movie out like it's a lot of fun. I just, the dialogue wasn't even, it wasn't even like somebody trying to imp Tarantino and it being like awkward and cringy. It was just like, what if you had, what if you had the hateful eight, but everybody talks like it was an episode of Mad Men. You know, it's, there's that, that's one thing. I think again, this movie is very hard to just summarize people. Again, people go to a hotel 
and then things happen. And I, I hate saying that uh, because it's, it's just not descriptive enough. Sometimes I think to myself, this might have worked better as a video game. Like, think about it, like, again, the hotel is a character that kind of reminds me of Silent Hill. You go to the different rooms, see the murder from a different perspective. I like that, uh, for example. But uh, I have to admit, like, Chris Hemsworth, he's, again, he's just not trying very hard. He's still good, but, I mean, I wish he would put a little more effort into it. Yeah, yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Like, I was, like, so excited when he showed up and then immediately so disappointed. It's like... It's like, oh, it's this movie now, and I was fine with that. But, like... It was also... I, I can't believe it for the twist. It's like, once that twist happened, once... Or maybe maybe reveal is a better word. Uh, yeah, once that, once that revelation comes forward, you kind of know what's going to happen, you know? You kind of yeah. know, like, who's going to get killed. You almost know how they're going to get killed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, these two are going to make it out, this sort of thing. And I can understand that to an extent. And I guess my defense of that movie is that I had a lot more fun with it than I've had with any other movie this year. And not to say that uh, other movies I've watched have been bad. I really like Isle of Dogs. I really liked Hereditary. But uh, this is the one that really captured my imagination. And it just left me with a really big smile when I left. And I also really liked the scene where they were recording He's a Rebel, because that's a really great yeah. song. I, so I really liked the experience of watching this movie. In that way, I'll agree with you. Yeah. And then it ended and I walked out and I had a finished product and I thought about it for a little bit and I'm like, eh, actually, I kind of didn't like it as much as I thought I did at first. I think that's fair, so, yeah. Hey, but like, I don't know how you separate those two things. Like, am I just supposed to see a movie and then immediately forget it exists? Like, I do it all the time, buddy. <laughs> I walked out of that movie knowing, for the like, best for you. there were some things I don't like. And on a second watch, this two and a half hour runtime with these things I don't like, knowing they're coming is going to be difficult. But I enjoyed the act of watching enough the first time to recommend it. But yeah, any follow-up is going to be like, okay, well, here's this part. Great. I might go grab a drink. Yeah. Yeah. If I see that movie again, it'll be in like 20 years when it's on cable and I'm flipping channels. I'm like, oh, hey, it's John Hamm. I wonder what this is. And then I'll watch for like 35 minutes and be like, oh, yeah, I saw this. Mm-hmm. Yo, okay, kid, so you watched it more recently than either one of us. Who was Nick Offerman in that movie? I completely missed him. <laughs> News to me. Was He was in it, I, I thought. I thought oh, I he was the guy that. in the beginning. He's the guy who gets murked in the first oh, scene. Oh, that, oh, okay. Oh, right. yeah, okay. I oh. forgot that there was another character in this movie. <laughs> yeah. In that sense. yeah. Uh, what else did you watch? That's about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I... All right, then let's talk about Prince of Darkness. Uh, now, how do you guys feel about Alice Cooper? <laughs> Not as strongly as you, I would imagine. Uh, I, I don't think you do. I love Alice Cooper. I, I, okay, I'm a dead rock fan. He was like the coolest guy ever when I was a kid, all right? I had like the Muppets, like VHS, where he was on the Muppet Show. And uh, I, I just thought, wow, that must be like the ultimate cool thing to be is Alice Cooper. Man, weren't so, we kids at the same time? <laughs> I know. <laughs> when I was a kid, Wait, when I it... watched the Muppet Show. <laughs> did, did I put no the you didn't on have the... I'm sorry. <laughs> no wonder you didn't have the Rugrats tape. You were still catching up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I mean, with the D sick at this point, we're just on completely different timelines. <laughs> Greetings. Yeah. Uh, well, yo, is, is Mandela alive in yours? <laughs> anyway, I think Mandela um, doesn't know what this is. <laughs> I, I, just every single time, just put it on a tea for him. 
Anyway, uh, I love Alice Cooper, and I knew this movie's title from his song, Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. And uh, I'd actually been putting this one off for a little bit because I really, really like John Carpenter. I kind of always want there to, I think I mentioned this last time, I always want there to be like a movie of his I haven't seen. But uh, then Alex said, yeah, just leave it with Village of the Damned. So... uh, (laughs) Uh, I finally decided to watch it, and one of the things I've been kind of going on about for a few years now is that calling John Carpenter the master of horror is putting him into a box that he's a little too big for. He's good at so many different things, not just horror. He's really, really good at science fiction. And uh, this is a movie that really gets back to like the nitty-gritty horror. It's, this is like a great, great horror movie. However, I will make the argument that it's both a horror movie and a sci-fi movie. Parker, your thoughts. I thought you were going to say thriller, and then I was just going to exit the Skype call. Because I know you do it solely to make me mad. Oh, watching course. this movie. If anyone had ever been like, yeah, John Carper, you know, that body horror guy, I would have been like, oh, actually, that doesn't really fit. And then the second half of Prince of Darkness happens. I gotta tell you, yeah. yeah. There were, I didn't know anything about Prince of Darkness except the transmission scenes. Like, that's all I knew about it. I didn't know who was in it. I mean, that scene's scenes a lot. That way. And man, this movie is not what I expected at all. And kind, of, I mean, this is an evergreen thing to say, but boy, that score, that score is real fucking good yeah. from frame one. Well, you know, it's 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 no small uh, observation that uh, John Carpenter is honestly one of the most underrated film composers of all time. Everyone talks about you know John Williams, Hans Zimmer. Let me tell you something. Give me John Carpenter. I mean, that, that, that theme was so evocative of what's going on. But, you know, there's something about this movie. is So this comes out right after Big Trouble in Little China. You guys know how much I like that. So imagine my the look on my face when I get Victor Wong and Dennis Dunn in this movie. I, w- I had a smile that danced twice around my face. And, uh, and then, I so I'm reading up on it. This was an independent movie. He didn't have any studio involvement because of the failure of uh, Big Trouble in Little China. And uh, you can tell, because this looks like a movie where he's not hamstrung by some studio executive saying, well, you have to do it like this. He's, he's just doing it his own way, and it works so much better. One of the other things about it is the way that it was made is he'd been watching a lot of really derivative horror movies. I don't know anyone on this podcast who would ever do something so stupid. And uh, he decided... The house that, is uh, made of wax, Christopher. <laughs> It melts in the end. <laughs> so anyway, got one of the guys like, from Supernatural. You should watch it more on the atmosphere. And uh, <laughs> actually, I gotta tell you, the atmosphere in this movie is really, really good. It's mostly because the atmosphere keeps changing. At the beginning, it's it's there's. I don't know, how would I describe the episode? It's almost like curious. You really want to know what's going on. Everyone wants to know what's going on. And then once they're in there, you're like, oh man, some shit is going on. It's very apprehensive. There's a lot of suspense in the atmosphere. And then at the end, like you said, the body horror. Oh my god. (laughs) The entire last half hour is just a fucking nightmare. With him sitting in that closet staring like, oh guys, you sure? Because shit's pretty fucked out here. Let, let's talk about Dennis Dunn real quick. First of all, uh, the tallest man that I've ever seen at five foot five, and uh, I'm pretty sure that he made. I'm pretty sure he made Big Trouble in Little China, and was looking at Kurt Russell the entire time. Was like, man, I wish I could be like that guy. And so for the next movie, he goes up to John Carpenter. He's like, hey, can you write my my lines more like I'd be uh, Jack Burton? <laughs> and I gotta tell you, it sort of works in this movie. 
<laughs> the joke. I think we all know that one joke, the fucking witch doctor yes. joke, made me laugh <laughs> real hard. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. It's actually a pretty good joke. Actually, it's no, wait, good. there's another joke he tells even earlier on that actually made me laugh. I watched it at work and I was like laughing out loud. He goes up to Ann Yen, who, by the way, slideshow, and he goes up to her and he's like, hey, want one? And he offers her a beer and she just stares at him. And there's a brief pause and he just looks like, anyone ever tell you could pass for Asian? <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and then at the end, he tells her, "By the way, I changed my mind. You couldn't pass for Asian. <laughs> it just out <said> nowhere." <laughs> uh, actually, he's not the only character we should talk about. We need to talk about the main character. Now, Parker, you texted me and said, "Don't you wish it was Tom Atkins?" First of all, yes. Although you didn't know who I was talking about, and it still would have been Tom Atkins. But yes. the thing about it is that in, in most of these studio movies, a lot of people complain. This usually applies to actresses, but it also applies to actors as well. People keep saying, why do all these Hollywood actors and actresses have to be so beautiful? You know, why not make a, a regular looking human being? Because you get Prince of Darkness, okay? <laughs> Look at that. They just chose this bum off the streets. And like, yeah, don't you don't even have to bother shaving off the mustache. I'm sure regular human beings on planet Earth have that mustache. You're going to be in our Hollywood movie, and a woman is voluntarily going to sleep with you. Do you want the mustache on or off? Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think, just You watched... think Henry Cavill says that? <laughs> <laughs> I watched this like a month ago and talked about it on the show then. I'd already forgotten, like, oh yeah, Donald Pleasance is in this movie. He's, yep. he's good. You kind of he's forget good. that, like, oh yeah, Donald Pleasance is kind of incredible. Like, yeah. in my head, since I'm just a fucking casual, it's like, oh, it's that guy from all the Halloween movies. You know, the one good one, and then the other ones. And like, oh yeah, you kind of forget, he's real fucking good. Let's not, let's not forget his more culturally significant role, being literally Dr. Evil before Dr. Evil. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was in Escape from New York. So anyway. Uh, <clears throat> That's right, he was. Oh, hey, number one. Forgot about that. Yeah. But most of all, Puma Man. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I think he knows Monkey Man. My, my favorite <laughs> NES game. So, uh... God, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, one of my favorite things about this movie is oh, you get a sort of intersection between uh, science and religion. And a lot of these movies, they would have had, like, one triumph over the other, or you can't trust one or the other. Some Some idiotic nonsense like that this really shows how they sort of like work together and you can tell that john carpenter cares about this subject and he finds it fascinating and he's he wants to tell a story through this method i was listening to some interviews like yeah i was reading a lot of books about quantum physics at the time i was like what if the devil and antimatter like all right the coolest guy on the face of the earth let's just say sure whatever you say i just finished filming like four masterpieces so i was reading some books on quantum physics <laughs> must be nice <laughs> oh i love him i love him to death now uh, i would die for that man <laughs> or for most people honestly mostly for myself yeah yeah i, I you know take I, care of a number one i could admit alice cooper is a great nonverbal actor you know? Now, here's the thing. Mostly, I thought he was a great verbal actor. Mostly because <laughs> Parker texted me is just talking about his appearance in Wayne's World. Just the line. <laughs> such a, yes, such Pete, a it powerful is. Kid. 
Yes, Pete. <laughs> the coolest person of my childhood. <laughs> yes, he's so cool. It's pronounced Miliwake. She's Algonquin for the good land. <laughs> I, the idea of little Chris Field on the playground wearing an Alice Cooper shirt and like studded bracelets. It's going to get me through the rest of this week. <laughs> you better believe I had that mascara. Uh, yes. <laughs> nah, my hair couldn't be any longer than... Uh, what did your son mean by telling the other kids to feed his Frankenstein? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a young Sheldon character. I'm sure to tell us. <laughs> uh, imagine Alice Cooper appearing on that show. Send a little I don't awesome. want... To, don't put that... Yeah. Oh, you're going to watch a good it day. Anyway, uh, Alice Cooper, uh, Young Sheldon, Steve Austin not drinking. The world's yeah, falling the, apart. The world's really weird. I mean, I mean, it could be the apocalypse. Now, this is the second of John Carpenter's apocalypse trilogy. <laughs> nice. Uh, we only Bring get to in. see we only get to see the hand come out of that mirror, which reminds me of a little fancy story. I don't even remember what it's called. But uh, it, it, now, here's the thing. I want to talk about that ending. I guess bit of a spoiler here uh the woman crashes through the mirror like to stop the woman from bringing out the devil and then he destroys the mirror so they can't come out i I think the ending had to happen a lot of people thought it was a bit of a downer ending it's like oh i wish you could have come back from it that ending has to happen because that way you get you know the end of the movie you know by the way it's worth mentioning john carpenter does not use a lot of jump scares but when he does my yeah. soul wow. leaves my body every time. <laughs> yep, because he's just really so gross. <laughs> the dialogue, the score, the acting, and then just oh yeah. By the way, I do these like once every three movies. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cool. He's he him. is really really good at that. If yeah. nothing else, fucking but... ending jump make my heart leave my body. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell you, actually, the the nightmare sequences where the the transmissions, those were fantastic. They're that was so like my spooky. favorite in the movie. The fact that you just hear a little bit more every time, like God, you cannot be locked in harder. And a lot of people, a lot of people, like sort of thought, oh, it's just low budget. He's using a handheld camera. That's the fucking point. That's, That's the point. So it spooky. looks like it's from your perspective. Fucking devil is standing there. What are we it's, talking about? People? It is seriously one of the best portrayals of a dream sequence in any movie I've ever seen. Like easily. Now you say that now, but Alice Cooper also appears in Nightmare on Elm Street Six, comma. Ooh. Oh, does he? You look that up. Uh, oh, do you think yeah. I would forget the flashback where Alice Cooper is Freddy Krueger's abusive father? Do you think there's <laughs> any way my brain would forget that? He's Never so mind, cool. that's a good point. That's, that movie also has Roseanne and Tom Arnold. We're coming full circle. <laughs> Yo, next week's I episode. This? That's a good yeah. question right now. We, we might have an emergency episode. Yeah. <laughs> Nightmare 6, Jesus Christ. That movie also opens with a Wizard of Oz parody. It's fucking terrible. Who's in? Who wants to watch it tonight? I'm free for another four hours. Let's do it. Oh, God. Oh, great. (laughs) Don't worry, Chris. I'll send you a rabbit stream. (laughs) Thank you. uh, Really, my biggest takeaway from this movie, which, like, sounds kind of dumb and quaint, because it's something that I feel like both I and everyone else in the world should have realized right now, is I feel like of all the great things that John Carpenter does, the best thing he does is just exclusively makes movies with really strong premises. Like, oh, that's a good point. No, no matter what, like the setup to every single John Carpenter movie, like you give me two to three lines on any one of those movies without telling me the director's name or anything, 
I'm instantly in on the premise. Like, it could be good or it could be shit, depending on who's running the show and who's in it. But, like, the premises to all of these movies are fucking cool. Even something like Ghosts of Mars. Like, okay, Actually, yeah, that's so. a really good example. You know, that, based yeah, on the premise okay. alone, it's it's weaker right, than yeah. these other ones. But that's what are the odds know. we cover Ghosts of Mars if John Carpenter is not attached to that? Zero percent. I mean, yeah, we exactly. assign it uh, unquestionably, but you know, because without him, it's just like Dracula three thousand. Like, isn't it weird that these shitty actors are in this movie in space? That's it. That's all I have to talk about. Yeah, yeah, but uh, if somebody other than John Carpenter had made Ghosts of Mars, you would have seen it when you were like seventeen. So I mean, that's. Yeah beyond the point you know who i am <laughs> i've seen a lot of things no more person should see <laughs> dracula 2 ascension <laughs> my dad's favorite movie ascension to the grave <laughs> grave situation so anyway <laughs> i think out of all of his movies this might be the best example of slowly feeding you information and then just going surprise it's this movie now <laughs> you're like you know, what is this green ooze like that's, what are yeah. they talking about antimatter and anti-god and then it's out and you're like oh fuck it's not the movie i thought i was watching that's the other <laughs> thing about it is like a lot of people talk about oh halloween was so scary because of the stabbing you know completely missing the point think about like towards the beginning of that movie when that like, one individual gets stabbed and you like you could just barely it's very much like the psycho shots you know he's like here's the hand with a knife here's something going into his body here's the hand with a knife here's something going into his body and it's like well this isn't as gory as i thought it would be it, it's the thing about this movie is it's a variety show you know you have uh killing that guy with a bicycle uh thing that was really cool uh <laughs> all those bugs holy shit i am out and yeah, yeah. uh the body horror at the end oh my goodness gracious like uh, even as before we get to anything you get all these different people meeting up and not a single person knows why they're there and then donald presence shows up in a full priest outfit like hey so we have this green ooze with all these candles downstairs <laughs> you're like okay movie yeah i mean i'm in your hands now tell me whatever you want and then as soon as you get to the pray for death scene fucking you cannot pull me away from the TV until I see how this movie ends. You know, that if any other incredible. person, if any other person, would, if this movie had been written any differently and I had got to that pray for death scene where it's like typing the words, it's like, you will not be saved with the exclamation mark and everything. Ordinarily, I would have been like, oh, that's so cheesy. It could have been written better. With this, it works perfectly. It's, again, it, they're so well meshed together, the science and religion. I, I think you really can't have this movie without the other in it. And I, I just think it's fascinating. You see, the number one thing that this movie does well and does better than the vast majority of uh, horror movies that I've seen is it really captures my imagination. I was thinking about this movie the entire time I slept after I saw it. Like, I, I mean, there are other movies that do certain things well. Like, Hereditary is a really great mystery. A Quiet Place is sort of like, put yourself in that situation. Where With this movie, with Prince of Darkness, I'm just thinking about what direction you can go with everything in here, and the direction that they took, of course. I This is a masterpiece. It really is. And just think, it's not as good as In the Mouth of Madness. You oh, still I still have, have that to see it. I'm going I'm yes. to see it. <laughs> that might get bumped up pretty soon. Actually, I'm going to see Assault on Precinct 13 pretty soon. These you December need, releases are dire. We might I be uh, just peppering in some more Carpenter. And I'm, I'm buying a <laughs> village of the damned for 2025. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like oh, we're still doing John Carpenter month. He passed, and uh, feel like a oh. dime. <laughs> Don't even put the idea of dead John Carpenter in my head. Oh man, 
I will be in mourning. I will not be available for comment. I think my my dream is to get an interview with him on this podcast before he goes. Just completely disinterested. Not you know (laughs) what? We would ask better questions. We would ask better questions than any other interviewer. We would ask him about his favorite video games. (laughs) It's awesome because you know he's touring and he does those meet and greets for like huge VIP things. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen him smile in a single one of those pictures. He's just sitting at a table looking like he wants to be home playing two K. I love it so much. <laughs> he never looks happy to be meeting these people. I mean, I, I think we can hardly blame him for this. He's had like this this reputation of something that he's not for the longest time. And the guy has so much like like ability to do so many different things and everyone just sort of pigeonholes him. And yeah, he's, he's great made at like... Yeah, sure. Sorry. But he's great at a lot of things. He's made like seven masterpieces that no one cared about until ten years too late. Like, I had never heard of anyone talk about this or In the Mouth of Madness until I started getting deep in these horror nerd circles. And those are two of the best fucking movies of the 80s, like, hands down, any genre. Mouth of Madness is 94, so... Well, you know what I meant. I'll fist fight you right now. The 80s 80s basically went from, like, 1976 to when Butt Rock started. There were, like, four good movies in the 90s. (laughs) That's actually a good point. You know, that's the thing about him is that, like, uh, everyone really... I think if you're going to talk about John Carpenter... Everyone remembers him for Halloween. He is so much more than that movie. I'm not saying it's bad. Far from it. That's a masterpiece, sure. But everyone remembers it for the wrong reasons. Everyone's like, yeah, and it kickstarted the slasher genre. So you have John Carpenter to thank for Friday the 13th. How do you think he feels about that? (laughs) Like on the Ghost of Mars episode where we just quickly did our top five. I have not stopped reordering them since then. Oh yep. yeah, it's I, a constant well, struggle in my head. I, I that's the thing. I, I got feel so really mad when I realized about my I, top five, but my five beneath that, those are all over the place. When I realized I didn't watch The Fog in October, I got viscerally upset that I wasted that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Man, The Fog holds up. I, however, as much as I like The Fog, I think Prince of Darkness is a better movie. I, I feel like that's almost a hot take to say, even though no, I think Prince I, of I Darkness... Think, I think I'm with you on that. You I know, feel like if thing. I watch a John Carpenter movie, it's immediately in my top five John Carpenter that's movies. That's a good point. Well, yeah, except for Ghost of Dark. I mean, but, <laughs> uh, it's a solid it's, seven. Well, Parker, you're going to figure that out when you watch Elvis. Oh, bring it, coward. <laughs> Actually, I bet Elvis is really good. I'm going to watch that on my own volition. But, uh... <laughs> You know what? I, I kind of want to watch Starman now. I, I kind of want to... I obviously want to watch In the Mouth of Madness and Assault on Precinct 13. But, uh, yeah, you know, the more I think about it, I think Prince of Darkness is better than The Fog, which is one of the ones that's very easily comparable to. This one's a bit gorier towards the end, again, because it's more body heart. When you see that terrifying ghoul of a woman, oh, my God. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> man, like I said, like I just watched this maybe a month ago, and in my notes I just have in all caps, Jesus Christ, how did I forget all this? How did I forget Donald Pleasance taking that devil woman's head off with an axe and her reattaching it? Like, it was like seeing it for the first time. It was just gone from my memory. You know, that's the thing about this movie is that, like, everyone else remembers... What what else came out in 1987 that was really popular? I feel like Paris, Texas or some other garbage came out that year that no one gives a shit about. such a you pick. I'm so proud of you. Oh, Paris, Texas in 1984. My bad. But, like, come on! (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy you just naturally did that. (laughs) Actually, you know what else came out in 1987 was uh, The Last Emperor, which also has Dennis Dunn. And I bring that up because I've seen... What four movies now with Dennis Dunn and it's Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, The Last Emperor, and Warriors of Virtue. <laughs> Warriors of Virtue okay. fucking blows. 
I'm gonna make. I am so ready to make Parker watch that movie. You don't have. He has Kung Fu Kangaroos. Okay, now we're talking. Oh, Oh, Anthony Anderson's in it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Choke, for two people, both in this call. (laughs) 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 So, one thing I noticed about this rewatching it, there's like almost no dialogue for that entire ending sequence. Right. It's just people being horrified by this ungodly monster and trying to murder each other it's i fucking love this movie and you know the other thing is that the stakes are pretty high too like this could be the end of the world sort of thing rather than oh no the murderer is in our house and might stab me like that's like that's not enough for me it's like this is like the entire world and reality as we know it could be affected by the events of tonight we meddled in god's domain and, like, with the stakes that high, speaking for myself, if I look out a window and that man says something's coming and you're not going to like it and then turns into bugs, I'm killing myself. Good luck, everyone else. <laughs> you know, good luck out there. Really put some elbow grease into it, but I'm I'm good. I've seen what's coming. I'm out. <laughs> just all those people standing around outside just, like, completely, I'm just staring. Actually, one of the scarier moments are one of the more suspenseful moments is when Dennis Dunn is locked inside that closet and the uh, the two women are just there looking at him, you know? Oh just, God. just, And they're not even moving from that spot. That scene works so well, and that's so easy to shoot. It's so low budget. You just tell your actor says, yeah, just go ahead, stand there, I guess. That's the best I can do. It's almost, it's almost like he's like, oh, y'all forgot I can do this, huh? All right, I'm going to set this camera here. I'm going to put you in this closet. <laughs> I'll show y'all for not seeing my fucking movies. <laughs> I, look, I'm very, very happy. Any closing thoughts on this? If you have not seen Prince of Darkness, please see Prince of Darkness. Yeah, Just, absolutely. You like owe it to yourself. That, we say that a lot, but like on this one, I think we actually mean it. Yeah. 100%. Like you I owe mean, it to yourself. I, I, mean, I mean it every time. But also, Same. Like, <laughs> but I, I mean, this mean is this is a little different from Ghosts of Mars. This is one ah. where... There are differences. There are differences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely mean... Movie. That you should watch House of Wax. I mean, you should watch House of Wax, but I really mean you should watch Prince of Darkness first. Yes. Okay. You're like, my good friend Parker has never given me a bad movie to watch. Let's watch this other one, too. <laughs> the nerve. Did you forget Tim Curry was a fat Garfield, but with a British accent? <laughs> like, the nerve of you to throw that, like, oh, I can't believe you made me watch Bordello of Blood. Motherfucker, my letterbox is a goddamn Vietnamese minefield because of you. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you can apologize to Dennis Dunn for that. So anyway, let's move on to the game of games. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right, uh, Alex, take it away. Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> So a bit of a quick recap for last week. Um, Didn't go great. Didn't go great. Yeah. Uh, You know, it actually didn't go as badly for Parker as one would think. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, so the good news is, I mean, well. The news. The news. Yeah, yeah. So his Raiders times four, his Redskins times two, and his Cowboys times two all lost. With a couple other losses. Oh. Sprinkled in there. Oh boy. There was a little bit of a content deduction because something got assigned to him that I don't remember. I think it was. Oh, it was the the, the Corey Feldman album. <laughs> That's right. 
Oh no! It's forty minutes, dude. It's not. I thought you were joking. No, I'm gonna make you watch that now. All right, let me open Spotify here. I thought that Um, was a joke, Copley. So, despite despite his large wall of teams, he was in the clear. And then his butt coin mining rig exploded, and he got brain damage. Angelic to the core. Sorry, go ahead. So. Man. The bad news is that's another five hours and twenty minutes for your pool. That's but the such a good long news time. is the great Buttcoin engineers have fixed your mining rig and it's oh, available to be used yes. by you again if you would like. Oh man, start her up. Uh, now Chris, on the other hand, Uh-oh. despite dodging the bullet on 49ers times three, had a little team called the Cleveland Browns with a ten times multiply. <laughs> I hate this. Just oh yeah, you, you really hate to see. But they won, right? Sure, buddy. <laughs> oh you know who God. else didn't win? Your Baltimore Ravens. So our good friend Hitchbot has been destroyed by the angry mob of Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> and hours upon hours have been added to your pool. God damn it! Nine, to be precise. Jesus Christ. Dude, I, I didn't realize that there was such a confluence of horrible events for you. Until I did the math. Oh my god, speaking of, that's a Corey Haim tribute song. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, which, al- which, which disc is your favorite? Angelic Funkadelic or Angelic Rockadelic? There's a lot more tracks on here than I anticipated. Yeah, it turns out it's actually 94 minutes long. Working class hero. You've been in fucking you Hollywood since you were six. Fine. <laughs> 93 minutes. We'll round down to 40, it's fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> now, featuring Snoop as... Dogg, featuring Fred Durst. What the fuck, <laughs> y'all? I feel like you, you should pay forty minutes. I, I, I think you should buy it on iTunes. I think you should fuck yourself. <laughs> as far as risk cards go today, just to go by quickly, since I was mostly just letting the the discourse run. Uh, Chris brought up Larry Bird, any retro game, and dogs. And Parker brought up Star Wars and politics. So That's fair. Some cards have gone out. The whiteboard is very much in another room, so I don't have updated totals, but I assume you're not going to shoot your loads this week. Entirely no, it's going to be a short week. I, <laughs> we we have mercy. A little bit of housekeeping before we get to that. Oh, no. So, God. my good friends that listen to this podcast reminded me that a couple weeks ago, Chris lost Russian roulette and never got a movie for it. Jinkies. Man. <laughs> now, Chris, you can say that Hugh Jackson was playing Russian Roulette with his job for the past couple weeks, but he's not the first Cleveland Brown to play Russian Roulette. That would be Kevin Costner on draft day. Uh, come on! I, I actually we were really want to hear what you think of this movie. I, I'm really curious to hear your takes on draft day. Okay. <laughs> if Belichick doesn't make a sick trade for a second round DB. <laughs> <laughs> he gets like an hour and 20 minutes into the movie and just starts yelling, Ross I Dowling! <laughs> <laughs> okay, draft day. I'll write that down. Okay. Um, as far as the cranks from me, other than Parker's landmine that needs to be buried, we can do oh, the lifelines. Yeah. You know what? Let me. Where I put it last time? Let's do. This game is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
now. It just I, brings I, sadness into my life. <laughs> now I sure hope you guys remember where uh, what all your life plans are because I've decided this week Daddy has to crack down. I'm not going to be telling you okay. all the things that you're okay. going to be using. This okay. Time. I said okay. Um, well, let me open this list here. <laughs> Let's hope this has been updated recently. I'm just, I'm just going with uh, my memory, which, and my memory serves me correctly. Uh, what's, what is Parker's content pool like right now? Um, oh, it is at least 15 hours. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'd like it's to use a luxury great. tax on him. Okay. You've got to be butt fucking kidding me. Uh, you're gonna give me, you, you gotta give me one second to go check the board. He doesn't God. remember what luxury tax is. Motherfuck. I sure do hate the sound of that. Now I have to go... I wrote down the name, but I don't know what it means, so I have to scroll back up to when he sent it to me. There's still so many Boston right. movies, by the way. I feel like this is not... Parker, yeah, like The Fighter Parker, and Departed. Before, before Luxury Tax, Parker is at 15 hours and 40 oh. minutes. Oh. oh stomach Chris, started hurting is at 20 hours <laughs> and 20 minutes. <laughs> now, luxury tax. Chris, go ahead and uh, read it off for us. I have to scroll well, up to it. I just remembered I had this in my back pocket for a while. Oh my god, I don't even remember where this is. Okay, uh, it's fine, I got you. Yeah, I, just, uh, luxury, I had to pull luxury, up the little luxury. calculator for a second. Hang on a second. It's luxury... <laughs> That's... Oh yeah, so luxury tax. Yeah. Assign fifteen percent of your opponent's time pool, or se or seventy five minutes, whichever is more. It's seven. We're going going with fifteen percent here. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Great. So nine hundred forty minutes times oh. one point one five equals one thousand and eighty one minutes, whatever that is in hours. That's <laughs> more than seventy five minutes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's. All right. That is. 18 oh. hours and oh. <laughs> 18 hours and 10 minutes now. All right. Oh man, that is. <laughs> Those are numbers you've said to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I am fucking uh, I know, dead I as done with this game. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys said you wanted to take it easy this week, but uh, that, that was some shots fired. Now continue to play. Okay, I'd also like to utilize the weed rat. <laughs> the weed rat, alright. <laughs> That's actually my best lifeline, I have to admit. <laughs> Despite the fact that it's brought you two movies. It's, it's actually the best one. Most of it, it, it got a Dragon Ball out of it. I got two Dragon Balls out of you it. You got, yeah, you got two Dragon Balls and some wrist cards. It's a yeah, it's, solid weed rat. Yeah. Um, so happy for you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Parker, what class hero is something to be? <laughs> <laughs> well, hear Corey Feldman's take on that classic song. God damn Alright, well, the Weed Rat definitely brought back weed this week. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. It, uh, it, Hold up. And it, tur it turns... Okay, go ahead. Can I utilize this weed on the pregnant Sonic? You're just gonna give it birth defects, which is probably like the director's cut. So, <laughs> I was hoping that would somehow like the baby would be born high. Pregnant Sonic is in his third trimester this week, so jinkies. Oh, uh, hopefully, we get to like a fourth trimester somehow. So, so as Chris investigates the weed that was brought by the weed rat, he realizes that it was wrapped up in two wrist cards. What the tits? <laughs> 
love this game. I hate this fucking stupid game. <laughs> okay. So the the risk card counts off the top of my head are well, let's just say they're enough. Because <laughs> I don't feel like walking back to the other room to look at the board. Yeah. All right. He has an entire separate room for this. <laughs> uh, he's not going to go into Sonic's nude room today. That's where he keeps the rat. <laughs> this is an actual like rat a... that he goes out there. Yeah, yeah, put a rat go out there, buddy. See what you can see. Oh, God, another Boondock Saints movie? What the hell? <laughs> Should have fucking killed those people if that's where I had the chance. All right, uh, I want to go first. Are, are there any other lifelines that I... I want to boot up that mining rig and get <laughs> hell of <laughs> Random.org. Alright, buddy. What is it, 1 to 10? 10 on the board, yeah. Let's number? see, number 9, baby. It's 2, you're good. Alright, 30 oh, minutes bless. to Chris's pool. Bless the butt queen mining rig. Alright, so that is 20 hours and 50 minutes. <laughs> Boy, howdy. That is a lot of time. That is a lot Why of time. Why do we do this it? to ourselves? <laughs> the only way I can feel anything. Alright, so space-wise, I mean, we're going to go in order as mm -hmm. we do, but we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. Oh, fuck. Because Never I don't know if you guys it. noticed, but this is the most garbage slate of games I've ever it seen. It is. It's, I looked it up last night. It, this looks terrible. So rather than, you know, crank spaces and memes and being hit with massive multipliers, when you hit a space, you're going to get one of these games, and you're going to be able to pick which of the two teams you want, and your opponent gets the other one. Okay. That's upsetting. Oh it's... my god, these games. They're yeah, horrible, I know. They're, they're, this looks bad. I'm just straight up not going to watch the Pats game tomorrow. Like, what's the point? Oh, I guess I know when I'm see. seeing Overlord. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, 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 this is... My whole day's free now. I don't even know if I'm going to get time to see Overlord. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. All right, Chris, you want to go first? You, yeah. you may choose your space. I will go with Famous Anuses for 500. Famous you Anuses. Motherfucker. How dare 500. you? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it'd be the safest space. <laughs> so <laughs> angry. Isn't that where it was last week? <laughs> it was close. <laughs> All right. Jacksonville... At Indianapolis. Motherfuck. <laughs> yeah, I, good well, luck. Well, it's tough. I will take uh, Jacksonville. Chris will take Jacksonville. So both of you now have the Jaguars. Yeah, we both have Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> and the Colts for Parker. All right, Parker, you're up. Famous anuses for 400. Dick famous in. anuses. 400. You can't trick me into taking famous anuses for three. You're a piece of shit, and I'm fucking piece <laughs> for taking my board. You have no idea the nerve of you to take my spot. All right, Parker. You got Pittsburgh and Carolina. <laughs> oh, oh, sick. I'll take Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, I also want Pittsburgh, can I? <laughs> All right, so the Steelers for Parker and the Panthers for Chris. <laughs> That's what you get for taking my fucking spot, idiot. <laughs> Dumb bitch. All right. He's mad I took famous anuses for 500. Yeah! Pretty upset. All right, All Chris, right. you're up. Take, uh, I hate John Elway for 200. I hate John Elway, 200. <laughs> the Washington Redskins at... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh Jesus! Oh, I'm going with the upset pick. I'm I'm picking the Redskins. 
You're taking the Redskins. How's that right. an upset pick? It is the upset it, pick. Uh, the Buccaneers, Buccaneers are favored. Yes. What the fuck? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the Buccaneers are three-point favorites in that game. Somehow. Unless I heard it was two and a half. Oh, it, it moved towards the Redskins then. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, Great. Parker, you're up. Breakable Bones for 500. Breakable Bones, 500. Hey, you're all money, man. <laughs> <laughs> These games, dude. I know. Fucking. (laughs) The New York Giants at the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, game of the week. (laughs) Oh, my God. Parker, pick Eli. Pick Eli. Come on. You trust him. He beat the Patriots last. Yeah, 49ers. Ah, come on. 49ers. I have no faith in them to duplicate what happened, but. I hate you so much. (laughs) I'm not picking Eli Manning. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. He can't be worse than the undrafted rookie. Or I mean, <laughs> Nick Mullins is my favorite time. skateboarder. All right, Chris, you're up. <laughs> uh, Chris is gay for three hundred. Chris is gay, three hundred. These fucking games, dude. Jesus, the Miami Dolphins at the Green Bay Packers. <sighs> Fuck. Great. I don't want either one of these teams. Too bad. I, I'm picking the Packers. <clears throat> Packers for Chris. Dolphins aren't as good as their record. Dolphins. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Park. Chris is gay for 100? 100. Oh, you found a Dragon Ball. What? Bless. You guys both have fucking Dragon Ball radars. You guys are retarded. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. This this game is truly a tale of two kitties. Oh no! The Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. Ooh. The Bears aren't a fucking cat. We've been over this. <laughs> <laughs> this goddamn game. <laughs> fucking joke. <laughs> the cats Fuck. of the forest. <laughs> In the silver spoon, dude. Shit. Shut up. Fuck off. <laughs> Shut up. Chris typoing Moon as Moo and getting hit with a bunch of cow emojis. <laughs> with is that a who? You know, every single time you fuck up in the group chat, everyone lets you know they drag you for a week. You have to hope someone else will fuck up before you do. Hopefully, Meowth will make his return. Oh, thank God! Yeah. Speaking of kitties, all right, Parker, which which cat team do you want? Is neither an option? <laughs> you no. have to pick one. Uh, They're both so good. You know what? My Super Bowl Lions let me down the first time there was a Garfield game. But there's no way. There's no way without their best receiver that they'll somehow be worse. So I will take my Lions in solidarity. Lions on the board with the Super Bowl champions. All right. Okay. All right, Chris. Okay, I'll take Chris is gay for 100. He just took that. Oh, no, never mind. Sorry. Uh, I hate John Elway for 100. I hate John Elway for 100. All right. Your New England Patriots at the Tennessee Titans. Taking the Patriots. <sighs> Titans. Great. <laughs> I, I kind of like the Titans in this game. Not going to lie. Uh, they got a great scoring defense. Yeah. <laughs> Revenge sure game. Malcolm Butler. Deion Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> 
Isn't there one category we haven't picked yet? I always forget what the fifth one is. Breakable um, Bones? No, Breakable Bones definitely got uh, Hot Dads. Oh, Hot oh, yeah. Dads. Give me Hot oh, Dads yeah, for yeah. 500. Give me them Hot, hot dads. dads. 500. Oh, boy, that's another Dragon Ball. Despite both of you being too brain damaged to use your Dragon Ball radars <laughs> after being reminded. I'm still recovering from the mining rig. <laughs> <laughs> You said, All right. you said the bears are a cat, too, but I just lost it. <laughs> Parker, game of the week. The Buffalo Bills oh. at the New York Jets. Oh, my God. <laughs> my dick just retreated inside me. It's stuck now, 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 remember, this is the Josh McCown-led New York Jets this week. Oh, my God. And, and the Matt Barkley-led Buffalo Bills. Oh, I'm doubling down on the McCowns. Let's do this. My Jets. <laughs> The Jets All have right. never disappointed me whatsoever. Jets and Bills. Okay. All right. Now, uh, Alex, I would like to utilize a lifeline. Please Okay. Stop. I'd like to utilize the bone saw. Can I read this? It says... <laughs> it says... Sorry. Hey, freak show, you're going nowhere. <laughs> With any team from the NFC this week, remove all NFC teams from your current week. Okay. Cool. So that is going to get rid of the Panthers, the Redskins, <laughs> the Giants, the Packers, and the Bears. That leaves you with the Jaguars, the Patriots, and the Bills. Still not great, but you know, that's, this is not preferable. <laughs> I'm shocked he hasn't tried to use the Charizard to get rid of two more. Of I, was, I was thinking about it, but I was like, it's definitely not worth it. <laughs> I, I've calculated the odds way. I ran a risk analysis. <laughs> I'm smart enough to do that. I'm not smart enough to use a Dragon Ball radar. Boy, this is a murderer's row of dog shit. <laughs> I would like to utilize Odd Jobs Hat, in which my content time gained for my teams for the upcoming week is cut in half. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain hat. is so fucking full of worms. <laughs> that is a lot of teams. That I do not feel good about in one way or another. <laughs> and right. all these games except two, it's like, yeah, either one of these dog shit teams could win. Like, who fucking knows? <laughs> At least you got the Steelers on the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that going for me. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, now uh, I think that's all I've got for you. So that depends on if there's going to be any content, bank expenditures, and cards used. You both have over nine cards at this point. Parker still has... I've got Parker has 10 Dragon Balls now. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to really pull a dick move, basically. Yeah. We're playing gonna, defensively over here. Then it's going to be like, uh, some, he's going to sign some sort of physical challenge for something I can't do. Chris has to go golfing. You're, you're going to think you're cute and assign me like an eight hour long movie. <laughs> Not so fast, cocksucker. <laughs> oh, well, <clears throat> you know, we were supposed to be nice to each other this week because uh, we're Bring recording it. again. Um... I am going to be nice, but then again, I have to use up some of your content pool because otherwise, like, that's going to be that's going to get unwieldy at some point. So I'm doing this for your own good. Cool. Thanks, I'm going man. to assign him a, a good long movie. Uh, Great. It's called. It's actually one of my favorite movies ever made. It's. Uh, oh God. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a Bollywood movie. Um, it's, uh, it's called Three Idiots. It's a 2009, uh, Bollywood this movie. podcast? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It is 150 minutes long, so, uh, it's two and a half hours. 
I would like to use my Dragon Balls to bounce this movie right back to him. I oh, so I get to watch my own it. favorite movie? Okay. Sure. <laughs> How is that your Dragon Ball use? That might it's actually not, be the worst wish you could have possibly. Not, I'm not fucking oh, okay. doing that. Uh, yeah. See, I have something way worse planned for you, don't worry. Okay, so Alex, next time he uses a wish, I'm just going to bully him. Cool. <laughs> anyway. Uh, would yeah. not be the first time, gamer. Yeah, Three Idiots is actually really, really good. It's very easily the best thing to come out of India since... What's the last good thing that came out of India? I'm going to let you die on this hill. (laughs) Dr. Bombay. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best thing out of of India since Benny Lava. Anyway, uh, Three Idiots is really, really good. Uh, And I hope you like it. I mean, that's two and a half hours. So it's like, I could have used this on a bad movie. Like I'm about to. You're going to watch, I don't know if this is bad or not, but I heard this movie's really, really messed up. And I think it might be up your alley or down your street. It's called Headless. And uh, this is supposed to be really, really messed up. So <laughs> that's all you, buddy. Headless is... Uh, I don't know how long that is, actually. I'm going to look that up. Headless. <laughs> I went to Wikipedia and it just immediately returned, like, one of those, uh, like, a condition where you're born without a head. <laughs> <laughs> your dad has no head his nickname is no head anyway uh headless is oh come on it's 85 minutes long round that up to 90 what the, no <laughs> five right. minutes you've bullied me enough sir <laughs> as the content overlord i will make the executive call <laughs> and since everything else is rounded to the 20s we're gonna round that down to 80 what i'm good <laughs> Okay, fine. Correct. You get fine. five free minutes, dude. Suck a dick. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know. I don't know why. I, yeah, you're like, what are you? I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I look. I'm playing Madden right now. Did, okay, did, did your buckwheat mining rig blow up as well? <laughs> Actually, it reminds me. I was at work. It's been we a were stressful doing, day in my rig. We were we were doing some sort of volleyball game, and there was like a technical issue, and like the people at site knew us. We were just sitting in a text late the entire time, and uh, all of a sudden they started talking about crypto and candy corn. <laughs> And it was, uh, we had the weirdest guy in the office doing it too, so. I should probably cut that in case he listens, he's weird. <laughs> it's very much like Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison. Or in Steve Buscemi and Neo Yokio. <laughs> or Steve Buscemi in real life. Uh, I'm not going to use any rest cards, because uh, I have a feeling Alex will be less forgiving than I am. I mean, I plan on it, because on the condition, Alex, do you have a bunch of Boston movies still? Uh, not that many. I, I think I, I think it's kind of more fun if it's just like the variety. I'd prefer if uh, Alex doesn't tell us what we're getting into. <laughs> well, if we're recording in the next couple days, I will not use any cards. Okay. But. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. So the first thing I want to make you watch, I really want you to watch Black Dynamite. It's oh, very goodness. important to me that you see this. I You knew I have not seen Black Dynamite. Hey, here we go. Okay. And since you assigned two things, Chris, as the ancient Hawaiians used to say, you know I had to do it to him. <laughs> Episode one of Titans coming your way. <sighs> I I really hope that's to not hear. so it goes. I'm not. Don't worry. I checked. <laughs> oh great. <laughs> that's what like a solid forty minutes. That's like a solid two hours, right? That's like a, the old fashioned one for you, one for me. <laughs> 
you'll enjoy this, and this one is just for my satisfaction. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you are so nice. I know. I know. I brought this up at some point, but I have. I have a couple friends that like watch every single trash CW show that's out there. Like, and they and they said one. that this one is even. They too said bad this for was. Them. They said this was unwatchable. So. <laughs> God yes. Great. I've yet to see any of the show in action, and I can't imagine. <laughs> Actually, I can't fucking I'm, wait. Tell you what, I'm going to assign one more to Parker. Bring it. Be real mean to him. You're going to watch Assault on Precinct 13. Go ahead, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to fucking <laughs> the say. No, you're what? no, no. The John Carpenter version from 1976. Alright, can I sign in the remake? <laughs> no, I'm not that mean. <laughs> See, at this point, I was just like, what if, what if I use my powers for good? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like the Titans. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Are you trying to make me feel bad? Because I'll just give you another episode. <laughs> They're already up to four, buddy. I hate you. Those episodes take like three hours to watch. Do you have any idea how long it took me to watch God's Not Dead? Or God, three or, hours. Or like friended, I mean, what six hours? Is, is he dead? No, no, friended by God. God friended me. I, I heard by episode five, God had already unfriended him. Can you confirm? I, I only watched the first episode. It took me five hours. <laughs> so far. <laughs> it's a very important distinction you need to make. Do you watch TV in the hyperbolic time chamber or something? <laughs> I don't watch TV. <laughs> I, I found it. I found it on what is it, NBC or something like that, and it was on like their website or whatever. First of all, they had the commercials are like thirty minutes each, and uh, I was watching it at work. I had to pause because like, this is doing work and stuff like that. But uh, like, come on, why, why do I have to watch this? Man, I've got a real mean one, but you gave me a good movie, so I'm gonna save it. Uh, you sure? <sighs> yeah, he's sure. He's sure. If there wasn't such he's a sure. quick turnaround, he I'd said do he's it, sure. But... You have 19 hours to get through. He said he's sure. Pussy. <laughs> oh, Big buddy, pussy. Buddy, 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 buddy. buddy. <sighs> you know what? I'm gonna apologize in advance for doing this to you. Chris, you were my good friend. <laughs> but I just scrolled back through my notes app and found an entry that just, it's two words. Death Wish. Do you want to guess which version I meant? I <laughs> Lay it on me. If you guessed the Bruce Willis one directed by Eli Roth, you'd be correct. Uh, I hate Eli Roth. Whatever. Yeah, I know you do, buddy. <laughs> so if you want to take a look at the world around you where just Nazis are just constantly shooting people, and then watch this movie made in 2018. Or an old white guy takes it upon himself to clean up the streets with a gun. Please tell me how that experience goes. I already watched Boondock Saints. <laughs> I can't promise Billy Connolly's in this one. Oh, then what's the point? Yo, you know, actually one of the things I wanted to talk about is everyone talks about, like, that old bartender from Boondock Saints where he says, Why don't you make, like, a tree and get the fuck out? That line is not good. That line would have been good if it had been delivered by anyone else, but he doesn't deliver the line in a funny way. It's it... Listen, when you're 14, that line owns. That's good point. That's all I have that's, to say. That's, okay, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, does that say it's... Billy Connolly was in a movie called The Man Who Sued God? Alright, new note. <laughs> I want you to know, like, that was in the same, it was right underneath one that said Hardcore Henry, and I was staring at him. <laughs> like, till my eyes went cross. Like it was, man. But and then you right. can do a double feature with his book. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God Almighty. Yeah, I think that'll do it. Okay. Unless you want to 
fire back. That'll do, because Pig, reminder, that'll do. The uh, Marine 6 just came out this week. That so. doesn't mean you have to assign it to me. So. Starring The Miz, just like 4 and 5. <laughs> I'm glad that The Miz has become the new Marine. It's so cool. Alright, who should be the tool, cool, tough, hard Marine? Uh, the guy from the real world, probably. <laughs> Thank you. I love this. Okay, so you do you want to do the do you want to do Overlord or is there anything else in the line? I'm gonna be seeing Overlord. Yeah, I'm seeing Overlord okay. regardless. But if you don't think you can, like we can, we I'm, can I'm, I'm gonna tr I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get to it. It's gonna be tricky, but we'll record. Uh, we'll try to record on Wednesday unless something goes wrong for one of us. Okay. Uh, 